Welcome back to Rome Boys. On this episode, we on the road. Oh, here we go. <laughs> so we're traveling on the road. We're on our way to Sonora. So we thought, hey, let's just record a little more conversation on the way there. Talk about what we're going to talk about today. What are we supposed to be talking about? Yeah, tonight? so we're supposed to be talking about how to help people come back to the church, uh, how to reinvigorate the parish and get people back to mass, and uh, catch the parish on fire. So, what's your initial thoughts on that, Joe? Uh, get people back. Well, I'd stay away from matches and gasoline. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a good arson is probably not the way to do it. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I, I kind of take the. Uh, Smiling's my favorite. Or if they're just smiling in general because that's, you know, they know they're receiving Jesus. Let's hope so. You know, let's hope it's that. But, you know, that was encouraging to hear that, yeah, there are some people smiling. Yes. I mean, we have to be more positive. If you want to bring people back, we need to be a joy-filled church. Right. One that is, you know, welcoming, hospitable. Um, yeah, I've, across the United States when I've traveled with different groups or people or with my family, most of the time I wouldn't say, like, that was a welcoming parish. Right. I remember I was in college, I went to Saturday Night Mass, and I went with one of my friends who was Pentecostal, and that is the most welcoming church I've ever been in. Uh, they welcomed me when I was there, while I was there, sitting in the church, and when I left. So sure. I, felt, I felt that presence. I think if you want to get people back, you got to be a joy-filled place where people smile from when you get there until when you leave. Well, I mean, isn't that why people leave to go to these feel-good churches? Because they feel good being there. And when you look around the room and you see, you know, I used to have, uh, when we were running around in our 20s, when we went to church, you know, my buddies didn't like going to my church. Because they were like, man, all the old ladies and old men, they just stare at you like, what are you doing here? You know, very, not very welcoming at all. Right. And they didn't, they didn't want to go. Because they just felt like they were being stared at by these old people. Like, what are you doing in my pew? You know, get out of my pew. And that's when it becomes, you know, the problem is where it's, this is my church. Right? The constipated Catholic. You know, this is my church. I was born here. I was raised here. Cultural Catholic. Yeah. And don't you change my church. You know, that's not your church. That's not how Jesus was. He was changing things left and right. You know, every other second, you know, always moving and shaking and stirring things up. I mean, watch the Chosen series. You see that come alive. 
they're right, senior citizens, although slow and dangerous behind the wheel, can still serve a purpose. I'll be right back. Don't you go dying on me! It has to be all different ages. We can't assume people have been evangelized. Yeah. They've been catechized, which means they know the, the do's and don'ts, and they know what the catechism says, but they have not been evangelized. If we get that wrong in our church, right. we focus way too much on catechesis and not evangelization. Like for me, totally the teacher here. I love teaching the faith, but I'm not the first person. I'm not the best at bringing people in. That's the evangelizer. And then once they're excited, I love teaching them about the faith. So we all have to use our gifts and our talents and try our best to turn our parish into an evangelization parish, but a new evangelization parish where we get the people that are there. We can't assume even Father and the deacons and the DRE and the youth minister have been evangelized because statistics show that a lot have not. Well, I mean, it too, it goes back to that relationship. Having, that's what evangelization is, is having a living relationship with Jesus. You believe in Jesus? Yes, Well, you're going to meet him. And when you live that in your life, you know, people want to be around that. You know, I remember whenever I went on my first axe retreat, you know, I'd been on retreat before as a teenager. But this was still, this was like 2010. Mission is to make. 
souls or we're moving towards just the next potluck. What's the point? <laughs> so I think all activities, whether it's the parish council or it's the, the, you know, the everyday Joe in the pew, needs to know where is this ship being steered to? <laughs> where are we moving towards? And there hasn't been a parish that I have belonged to my whole life that I knew. This is the mission, you know, with the priests leading and the deacons and everybody else moving towards a direction. Also, like, 94 to 96% of parishes across our country, evangelization is not a word they even say. It's not even an, uh, an option of what they do in the parish. So, Protestants, though, it's the opposite. The vast majority of Protestant Christians are all about evangelization as the priority. So, we have got that wrong, and Protestants have got that right. Gorski, remember our little talk about true but unhelpful comments? <laughs> Going out and spreading the gospel. I mean, you, before any of the rules, before any of the catechesis makes any sense or, or it's worth living, it's, again, having that relationship. And that's where, you, you know, like you said, the Protestants focus on the relationship, but then they kind of lose their lacking in the, you know, without catechesis, you can make God into whoever you want him to be. Sure, sure. You know, so they kind of, they have that evangelization, they have a relationship with it, but it's kind of one-sided to where... This is him to me. I wonder if that's you know, an American Catholicism thing. I'm sure it's probably. all across the world because we react to what the Protestants have done in the founding of this country, and they were all about that. So we have to be different. We have to, you know, how are Catholics different than the Presbyterian and Anglican? But then we forget about, hey, step one is knowing Jesus, and then step two, hopefully, we know how love the Catholic faith and why the Eucharist and the sacraments that Jesus left lead us to salvation, lead us to heaven. So. But I'm just, I wonder how many Catholics don't know Jesus Christ at a deep personal level. Yeah, it's like that, that, it's that whole knowing who Jesus is versus knowing Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, we can know who Jesus is on, you know, from the Bible, from these TV shows that we get to watch and all these things. But do we really know him personally? Do you know him like you know your kids? Do you know him like you know your wife? I know each one of you like I know my own smell. <laughs> Friends, but even not even that. Don't go tackle the whole world. 
one person at a time. You know, what's that person that, that you can try to, uh, you know, plant the seed? I've heard that, you know, we're talking about, oh, don't get anything out of mass, you know, yeah, what are you putting into it, but, you know, a lot of times, like you said, the screaming babies, or maybe the choir's not so good, yeah. or the, maybe the priest doesn't, not a very good homilist, or whatever, you know, and I've heard it, somebody say, I forget which priest said it, it's like, you know, if you go to mass, and you get something out of it, that was God's gift to you. Yes. If you go, and it's absolutely boring, and you get nothing out of it, that was your gift to God. Amen. So, you know, and again, we can't leave. Yeah. When you realize and you come to that relationship with Jesus, you have that joy in your heart, knowing that that is Him in the Eucharist. How could you leave? Christ? It's impossible. How can you leave Jesus? And I think that goes into the point of the evangelization part. No relationship with Him. How can you? Why would you believe it? Right. Parish mission recently, and I said I can't think of one person on the face of the earth that's ever like publicly said I left the Catholic Church, you know, or a person that we know or have heard of, and they believed in the real presence of the Eucharist. Once you believe, you're you're there, you're, there, you're hooked. But that's the thing; a lot of people don't. So let's do our part to get people to think that question. You know, like Catholic grade school, Catholic high school for me. No one ever said it was really Jesus. We didn't have adoration. So let's get out there and tell, yeah. assume nothing. Like just, just because someone says they're Catholic, do they know Jesus? If they are nothing, fine. Maybe even easier to evangelize them because you're starting from scratch. But that's the kicker, to get them to fall in love with the Savior of the world. Protestants say have a personal relationship with Jesus. How much more personal is it to eat him? I mean, I was trying to meditate, and believe me, this does not happen at every Mass at all, like one in a thousand. But I'm like, oh my gosh, I am chewing on, swallowing, you know, going into my stomach, God. I mean, just think about that for a few moments. What? Why would he do that for love of me? Gosh, I mean, who am I? Am I worthy that you should enter into my roof? But praise God, he has chosen us to be able to do that. And it's pure gift, pure grace. When you don't believe, when you don't believe in, that it's truly him present in the Eucharist, it's easy to leave. Yeah. Why would right. you stay? Right. Why would you stay? Right. There's no reason to. Yes. I mean, there's so much stuff going on in the church that we can easily just walk away from it. Except for when you truly believe that he's present yeah. in the Eucharist, then there's no way you can leave. Pick your moment in church history where things are rock bottom. They're going to look back at the hard time period, and it's definitely low, probably not the lowest, but in the direction we're moving. But who cares? <laughs> you know, sure. whatever happens in the church, what about you and your family? You know, what about your own personal soul? How are you doing and staying growing and growing and uh, focusing on that relationship that you know, Joe mentioned? So, uh, yeah, and then for uh, confession too, like oh, minds yeah. the confession are just like, come on, people, like I don't know about you, but like, dude, like, every day I'm sinning so many times that I need to get that off my soul so I can evangelize. You know, I make it a priority before we do our talks to get to confession. You know, at least a day or a few days before because there's no telling what's going to come out of this mouth that's bad. You know? yeah. But with the grace of God, He can at least you know shut me down when I'm going to say something dumb. That's a good idea. How can you argue with that? I think one thing that our, we as a universal church, the whole Catholic Church, and this course starts with individual churches and dioceses and countries and throughout the world, continents and whatever else, we need to realize that we are no longer in Christendom, which is a fancy word for basically saying, you know, people will come to us, you know, we can kind of kick back and just have maintenance mode, like, you know, people will come, they'll be here, we'll give them the Eucharist, they'll leave, and they'll come back next week.
generations that are coming are less and less people that are wanting Jesus or going to church or even care about it. So we need to move from maintenance to mission. The, the early apostles, they went out and they died for their faith. They were witnesses uh, for the faith. That's what martyr means to be a witness. And so we're no longer kicked back and sit in your pew and relax. Like we need to be aware that the church is being persecuted. Uh, the church is you know, struggling and it's our job to do what we can to go on main, uh, mission mode. So I always encourage people to do one maintenance thing for the church and one mission thing for the church. People got to see Catholics. You know, for Rome Boys, we, with our videos, hopefully we're reaching a broad audience. With our posts that people are sharing, God willing, it, it could go any direction. And with the billboards that we're putting up, a lot of people are seeing it. Those are mission types of things. So what can you do as far as mission? Being in the community, people seeing you and your outward witness. And then, yes, take care of the church. Be the lector, the extraordinary minister. You know, clean the church. You know, mow the grass. Fine. But we have too much maintenance, and we need to be more focused on the mission. That's the fact, Jack! That's the fact, Jack! Yep. For sure. Yeah, maintenance. Everybody needs a... Everybody needs to somebody to mow the grass. Yep, absolutely. Clean the toilets. Exactly. All that stuff. Which is all good and important if you want to do that for the church. But yeah, the main focus is to get souls to to get souls to heaven. So yes. you know, what are you doing to get souls to heaven? I would love to ask every Catholic in the world that question. Did you know your parish, your church, exists to get people to heaven? And do you see that happening on a regular basis? No. Every type of thing activity that occurs in this parish is it about saving souls yeah and again what is it what are you doing it for them who are you doing it amen are you doing it for him or are you doing it for your own glory right right treasure in heaven right yeah that's what i keep telling myself (laughs) it's not about here it's about up there it's not about us yes well thank you all for joining us for on the road